This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms? How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, welcome back to a fabulous new year. My theme for this year, and I think you all should embrace it, is to be a doer and not a dreamer. That means no more diddling around. No more one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, three to get ready, three to get ready, three to not get ready. We're going to move you into another direction. And what better way to do it? is without talking about what's happening, what do we project, what's, what do we think is going to happen with some of the trends, and especially with book marketing. So with that, um, I, all, I have one of my very favorite people to not diddle with, but do, is book marketing expert John Kramer, author of A Thousand and One Ways to Market Your Books, John is back with us again for I don't know how many times. His website is bookmarketingbestsellers.com. And what better way to kick off the new year of 2023 with creating a bestseller for your book? Welcome back to the show, John. Hey, thanks. Uh, This is going to be fun, I think. We always have fun. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and I noticed that it was introduced as a variety of people uh, will speak today to you. And so, I'll, you know, I'm going to try to develop a few other personalities for you. Oh, how cool is that? <laughs> so, so, so I never know. So I don't know who's going to show up. Are we changing voices or are we going to we, we do we have a wise wizardly Einstein or do we have the common practicality of Ben Franklin? I mean, what are we going to have today? Ah, uh, you're just going to have the old crusty old John Kramer. <laughs> oh, oh, the crusty feisty. Feisty, old, yes. Feisty old John Kramer. All right, I okay. think we're all getting older. One more year. Okay, so here's we go. Let's let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, why don't we do a a kind of a retrospect? What what did everyone think was going to be hot last year that wasn't so hot? What wasn't so hot? Well, yeah, I think was- uh, yeah. I, I, you know, last year was the year of the NFTs, and oh my I don't, God. you know, I think that with the bankruptcy of the, of the, you know, some of the different companies in the space, I, I suspect it's, uh, I, I, I backed up on it. I backed off of it. I was thinking, wow, this is going to be a great thing, especially, you know, with all the uh, crypto and so on. But then it started to get dicey. And I saw it getting dicey back in February, March last year. Me too. And my attitude about the whole cryptocurrency is there's no there there. 
And um, I, and and here is a reveal. Very few know know this about me, but my grandfather was in San Quentin, and he developed a Ponzi scheme. This had all the elements of a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. And anytime something looks like, walks like, quacks like, you all better just stay away from it. That's my attitude. Um, I never knew my grandfather. I actually discovered that with hidden documents, John. I had no <laughs> idea the old boy spent time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the thing is that even NFTs, uh, are, which are built on the same platform, they never meet the expectation that people were giving it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and especially in terms of any authors I've seen, I don't think that many have made money on it. Although I noticed uh, just the other day that there's an author trying to uh, do an NFT a day, which... Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's insane because, you know, NFTs worked for a while for people who had a big built-in audience. But if if you're trying to create an NFT and you have no audience, it didn't matter. Nobody bought into your NFT and so on. And you know, and now with the Bankman-Fried thing, it you know, it's just uh, it's going to kill whatever might have been there in terms of uh, possibilities. I think a lot of people are going to go, "This isn't worth it. I'm not going to spend my money here." No, well, I know people who've lost money. I actually lost all their money. Ah, uh, um, and you know, anytime um, years and years ago, John, if you and let's just talk about people who get involved and how do you recognize a trend versus a fad? I, I think that's important for marketing in general. Right. But years and years ago, when I was a stockbroker, that one of my close cronies um, worked in the commodity market and he, he tapped in the door into my office and says, hey, JB, JB, let's, um, are you following the coffee markets? Uh, while I drink it, I drink, I drink coffee. Uh, <laughs> he said, no, are you, are you watching what's going on? All the trees are dying in Brazil. Well, that got my attention because coffee is the number one drink in the world. And, and number two, now we're going to have um, a scarcity factor. We ended up buying 37,500 pounds of coffee, green bean, beans, coffee. And we rode that sucker. Um, uh, every time we went up four cents on the limit mate, we rode it um, all the way up, all the way up. My, every day it went up the limit, which was 1,500 bucks every day. I mean, I would go in and punch in my QCCH, which was the symbol. I watch it go up and I can't go back, go to work. And um, and then finally, it got close to my birthday. And I just said, you know, I think it's time to sell. Everyone's talking about it. And I just had my hair cut and they were talking about buying coffee. When you hear other people, when it's drizzled down so much, um, uh, I, I think it's time to step away, even if there's still more to go. So my my buddy, he agreed, so we sold it. And then he says, well, J- Judith, if you really think this thing is going to decline, I think we should sell it again. Let's go short. So we did, and then it went up. 
for five days in a row. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, now it's $7,500. And then it dropped. The floor dropped and it declined all the way back to where we started. We made $90,000. You have to know when to get out. And when you hear other, everyone's talking about it, it's the buzz, which is what, you know, that was the NFTs and crypto and all that garbage. Step away. If you're in, if you made a profit, well, get it and grab it and run. So I bought a new car. My license plate said QCCH on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. So with that said, that's, that's my side story. All right. So I think I, I totally agree with you. Um, it was like danger, danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger. All right. What else? Any other dangerous things out there that didn't work? Well, the one thing that I noticed, you know, I've been very hot on podcasting and I thought that that was, a, you know, a big deal. And I still think it is. I think it's really one of the best ways to get out there. But there's so many people who, you know, they'll podcast. I think podcasting works if you do it like you do it yeah. every week, you know, consistently, yeah. once a week, whatever it might be. And uh, I think you have to be once a week at least uh, in order to build an audience and an expectation of what's going to happen. Well, you know, um, when you said that, I, if you remember, I actually countered you. Um, I, I think podcasting is great. I've always loved the radio medium. It was always of all my um, media platforms. Radio was always best. So, and, and when I got involved seven years ago, it was called internet radio, if you recall. Right. And, all right. So then the podcast thing took over. And um, and I made a decision that I wanted to do it, but I wasn't going to be the engineer and and all the back office. I didn't want to do it. So I ended up going with um, I, I was at a conference. I met the people at TogiNet, which became have, have been my partner now for seven years. And Ben kisses to you, Ben. Ben takes care of me on the producing, the back office. He sets it up. He does everything up so it's ready to go. And all I have to do is push, publish on the day we go live. That's all I have to do <laughs> besides be here and work with people and find with you and play with you and do all those kind of things. But well, it, uh, podcasting is a lot of work. It takes a lot of broadband. And I'm talking about your time and energy to put it in. I, my advice to authors from the get-go was, unless you're really going to make a full-time commitment and get it out and support it social media-wise and get your followers there, um, do not do that. Get on other people's podcasts and be a guest and promote that. And I, I will stick by that. That's my truthiness. I, I think that the interviews on other people's podcasts is wonderful. And that's something you can do without the heavy commitment of actually doing a podcast every every week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think doing your own podcast is, is good as well. Once a week isn't that arduous a thing that you can't do it. Um, but you know you have to have relationships. If you don't, if you haven't already built relationships, you have to start building them. And I know I've been and you have to promote it and you have to promote it. OK, we're going to take a quickie break here because I want to come back 
because now we're into the book marketing. Because John knows that when our shows goes live, he will get it. It goes out on an e-blast, everyone on my email list. Plus, I do a very supportive social media campaign and we do ads. We support our guests. We'll be right back. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author U extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. Author U is the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author U is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms, and it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at AuthorU.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so when we took our first break, um, John Kramer and I were talking about cryptocurrencies and NFTs and podcasting and, and things like that. And here's what I want to say about podcasting. Um, I love doing it. I love working with our guests. It is a boatload of work. The setup, to get our guests to do the, the marketing promotion, that is my responsibility we always love it when our guests hop in and promote it to their networks, but it's our primarily responsibility. And if you're not willing to make that commitment, just go about and be in a guest and 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 go on go on the Google and just put best podcast for whatever your genre is, uh, um, or brings guests on, and or and also go to competitors of you book competitors and put in their names and find out what podcasts are appeared on and then pitch yourself to them right that's my two bits you want to add to that john well i think that's a key thing in terms of finding places to be guests but the one thing you know is key you say as a podcaster it's your responsibility but quite honestly 
I have found the most successful podcast I do is when the person that's my guest actually promotes the podcast. That's when it starts to really get the, the, the listens and the views and things like that. And I think it's the biggest mistake that people, authors, make in getting on a podcast and then not promoting it. Oh, no, I agree with you on that totally. I, I, I think everything you, you're involved in, it is your responsibility as the author to get out and re-push it wherever you go. But I'm just saying, for me as a podcaster, part your of my responsibility, responsibility my commitment yeah. to you, to, to you, John Kramer, is I will make a special letter solo e-blast that goes out to all my email contacts that says what's hot about today's show and why they should listen to it with with contacts where whether it's iTunes, the show page, Amazon, fill in the blank. That's my, and then I create a boatload of social media posts that we keep promoting out. I feel that's my commitment for you, thanking you for giving an hour of your time. But you get a copy of everything I do, so you can copy, paste, and send it out too, or make your own up. I mean, you should. Yes, and you should. You know, it's like what you do. You do, uh, you schedule out, I don't know how many promos for each of your shows, but a I lot. see a lot pass through my timeline. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Yeah, and, 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 you know, that's part of your responsibility, no matter how big an audience you have, mm-hmm. to tell your audience about the person that's hosting you. And mm-hmm. I think that's really a key. I think it's true, even if you get on radio or TV or you get featured in a magazine, mm-hmm. even then you should be promoting to your audience what's going on. What have you been doing? Because you want to keep them getting you know, them excited, and that's partially your responsibility. Now, many podcasters and so on, they'll promote you, but some of them don't. I mean, I'm surprised how many people yeah. do a podcast and do very little promotion. They do nothing. Most of them, I think, John, do nothing. Um, maybe it's maybe I, I, you know, I think one of the things people saying their podcaster was an ego thing. Right. So doing that. And, OK. Yeah. And that doesn't really help. Now, you, you know, your recommendation of looking for best podcast on whatever your mm-hmm. topic is and mm-hmm. checking competitors is really good in terms of finding places that you can do. And I've been doing something like that uh, for a client of mine uh, recently. And I find that if I really want to find the information on people, it takes time. You know, uh, is this podcast going to be any good for me? You know, you check it out. You try to find the phone number and email for them. It surprises me how many people have a public face on the internet and will not tell you what their phone number is. I, I know. Well, maybe maybe that's another bad thing. I contact pages. I remember. Do you remember Joan Stewart? She's retired yeah. now, but Joan said she always loved my contact page on my website because literally it said, "If you're impatient, here's my phone number. If you a snail mail person, you want to send me a note, here's my address." And I, yeah, I went yeah. through the laundry list of every way you could contact with me. People have said, I am not so to do that. But I just think it's if someone wants to get a hold of you, it could be someone who wants to hire you to be a speaker. It could be someone who wants you on your podcast and you're unavailable. Sucks be to you. 
Right. And, and, you know, the key thing there is if you do give out your phone number, but you're sort of like me where I'm sort of semi-retired, so I'm not always in the office, mm-hmm. you got to make sure you make the call back. If they leave uh, a message, you have to call them back. Exactly. You know, and I'm I'm pretty good about that. Okay, yeah. so I, I don't think but, uh, you know, I'll be retired. The recommendation there is that the authors should have a great contact. I mean, it should be easy and obvious how to get in touch with you. So, so the tip is be easy peasy <laughs> to, to connect with. All right, that's one of us. One of our new. That's a 2023. So, so in other words, everyone, you need to be findable. And if you're not findable, you're going to be in, invisible. It's your choice. It's your choice. All right. Yes. But, you know, it's the same thing. You know, it's creating relationships is really the key to marketing. It's having relationships with people that, you know, will have you on over and over again kind of Mm -hmm. thing. You know, you punish your listeners by having me on once, twice, three times a year sometimes. Right. (laughs) And and if you remember, I had a deal. I did an SOS to you um, a day before we were supposed to have a big event type thing and 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 the bookstore that was the tattered cover here bookstore here in Colorado flaked out and I contacted John and he he had he had some duties he had to do for his wife Gail but he said I can start in half an hour post what you want to start and I said you're on and he was great and we all decided thank God tattered covers you know bowed out (laughs) that was great yeah, it's really important that you create relationships. And again, it's just making friends. And most of us can use a lot more friends than we have. Of course. And part of that, you know, and this is not something that's new. This is something I've been beating the drum for for like 30 years. But it's really the key to marketing is that creating that relationship with people because it really makes a difference. And, you know, you get one key person uh, you know, promoting you. Like if you get on, uh, <clears throat> you know, something like Guy Kawasaki's Remarkable People podcast, boy, I mean, it, it, you know, he really promotes that and he gets it mm-hmm. out there and, you know, it can make a difference. I, I've had people make 10,000 sales in books because they, some key influencer said, hey, this is a great book. This is a great author. You should find out more about him or her, and you should, you know, really uh, get involved with them. You know, and that's really where the gold mine is in terms of uh, book sales and so on. Is when somebody actually says, "This is a good person. You should be paying attention to them. This is something wonderful. Their book is wonderful. You know, it's changed my life. You know, anything like that where." key influencer says something like that about you or your book, it's a goldmine. It, it, absolutely. And, and, and we are grateful when that happens. <laughs> we are so grateful. Yeah. Okay, so what, what other goodies have we got going on um, that we should be tuned into now? Is there, well, let me finish up. Is there any other things that bombed last year that surprised you? Hmm. Uh, probably, (laughs) probably, uh, 
I, I think that there's a lot that TV is getting less and less a good place to be featured. Uh, people are getting really suspect of what's going on on TV, uh, not just in the political realm, but in in any TV. People are going, well, is this uh, you know something I want to be involved in? And TV, I think, has lost well at least probably a third of its audience over the last couple of years. Yeah, well, we're we're all binging. You know, I yeah. spent the, I spent the day with Jack Ryan not too long ago. All right, so with that said, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Day, I spent the day with with Francis Ford Coppola. There was this amazing documentary on CNN um, on on Francis Ford Coppola, and I think, God, you know, this, you know, it was good. My yeah, job, yeah. You know, that's what's neat. Um, but you know the. As you know, the, most TV, uh, the audience is much smaller than it was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and then you don't, you only have Oprah part of the time. And, you know, you just don't get the key, you know, the same influence from TV as you used to. And I think that that's kind of sad because TV used to be the breakout way of promoting a book. If you got on a major Today yep. Show or something like that, or yep. Oprah was a million copies sold for Oprah, you know, and that's not happening now. Even with Oprah, it's not happening. No, it ha and I have to tell you, I did Oprah several times. <laughs> I learned very quickly that Oprah was more about Oprah than anything else. And unless you, unless you were, as it is with most of these hosts, by the way, but if you, um, if you were in the Oprah book club, it sold books or like now you have Jenna Bush's book, you know, book club on the Today Show that if you were in the book club, it, your sales soared. But if you were the guest expert, it really diminished it quite a bit. And I, I would I would say the single best things, John, let's just jump into things that are working was was actually the print media getting featured, not on the front page. But like in the life culture or the living section or something like that, where they really had like an interview with you, that was tremendous. And and, and actually, it really soared a lot of my speaking gigs, believe it or not, um, and that. So I, I think one of the things that I'll, I'm going to put on my to-do list is I think that wherever you live in this country or the world – Find out what the free weeklies are because they're looking for guests. They're looking for fillers. They're looking for features. And you could become a regular in these. Just a thought. Yes. And, you know, even with the print media, if somehow you become a regular guest, you know, or, or they, mm -hmm. they come back to you over and over again. I had that happen to me with uh, radio shows as well. Yes. They oh, like you as a guest. They come back to you again and again, and and they'll Absolutely. call you up at the last minute when a guest John, breaks on. out on them. John, hold on, I missed my break. <laughs>
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me, with me today is the, um, oh, I never can think of the right adjectives for this man, but um, rascal sometimes, rascal, brilliant sometimes, fun to play with, absolutely, but always insightful and on top of what's going on. John Kramer is with us today. Um, his website, which you do want to discover, take advantage of, is bookmarketingbestsellers.com. And um, we, we've been talking about a variety of things all over, but I, I wanted to come back and kiss on weeklies one more time, because to me, they're one of the most invaluable resources, and the best thing is they're free. Well, and the other thing is, you know, they need, you know, they need people to interview. They, they're hungry for that. Yep. And, you know, that's one of the neat things, and it's that hunger that media has for something new. So if you want to get on even, let's say, national TV, which you can still do, offer them something new that their regular guests aren't offering them. And that can make a lot of difference. Uh, you know, that's one of the key things is what can you do to talk about something topical, something that people want to talk about? How can you contribute to that conversation? And with a twist also. Um, And, you know, John, a lot of times when I did a lot of TV, um, you know, when I was really producing a lot of books um, on general business workplace issues, and I did over 1,500 different shows um, with TV and radio and features, that I actually would help them produce the show. I would suggest segments, elements, props, all that kind. I sometimes showed up with my own props. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I think you're happy. But the other thing you have to offer them is other people to talk to, to bring in on the show can make a lot of difference. And if you help them create the show, you know, 
that's a much more likely that you're going to get a yes that we're going to have you on. We're going to book you. Here's the time and date and so on, because you're doing the work for them. You're helping them. Um, I have my favorite, my favorite show. Do you remember when Brady was on the show on the air years ago? Do you remember Geraldo? I do. Okay, so I, they brought me back. I actually did a show several times. Uh, I was literally, when they introduced me, it was like, oh, my God, that's not me. I don't do that. And it, <laughs> it was um, on my book, Women in Sabotage, Why Women Undermine Other Women. And I'm sitting there, and I and I brought two other guests with me. You know, they flew them back to New York. We're on. This is, you know, a live show. And it had wheels on the chair, John. <laughs> and I started, my my little feet started pushing back. And I started removing myself from the panel. And you've you, you never seen anyone go so fast to a commercial break <laughs> to get me back. <laughs> yeah, I was I was leaving stage. And 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 I just and, and they said, well, what's going on? And I just said, I don't do that. You know, I'm not an expert on why women steal other women's husbands. I don't know, my ah. And and so they came back and he reintroduced me. Um, and we kind of started all over. But I think it, 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 one of the things I think is really important, because I have actually shut down shows if you're a guest on the show and you're the wrong fit, you feel the show is the wrong fit, the sooner you curtail it, the better off, because it's not good for you. To me, that's a bad juju thing. It's not good for you. And um, and it's not it's not the right fit for the listeners. I mean, I, and I've had that happen a couple of times, too. Yeah, I've been on a couple of morning zoo radio shows. And exactly. The zoos. Yeah. And they don't work for book authors. Uh no. All they want to do is make fun of you. I mean, I was on one a couple months ago, and I was going, "Whoa, they don't really want to listen to me." That's clear. No. Yeah. They yeah. they want to laugh, you know. And <laughs> it was one of those things. And you you hit those once in a while, and you hit them even if it's not a morning zoo. Sometimes you just hit a host that's having a bad day or whatever, and yeah. you know they're asking you the wrong questions, they're not doing things right, and you know. But my goal in those cases is, okay, not the right audience. Let me get off as soon as possible. Uh, yes, and that that is what you want to do. So, okay, so with that, weeklies, I'm a big believer. Just go to the Google. Um, you know, all this stuff is listed so easily. You know, when John and I first started a gazillion years ago, we didn't have the Internet, we didn't have the finger, the resources at your fingertips that you could find out who, who, where, what, how to contact. You do now. It takes some work, but you've got it. Yeah. And the thing is, you, you can't sell yourself short. So, you know, to me, you aim for the top, you know. At least five of the people that you're contacting should be the like the – the magic button that uh, you you don't think you're going to get on that show or in that magazine, but you got to try, and and try more than once. Well, That's well, John, one of the sad things that I see so often is people give up too quickly. 
Okay, they hear so no and they believe it. But okay, I'm 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 all for this. What's the best way to pitch for some of these things? Because you're saying, okay, so try. What are we going to try with? What you mean? Well, the thing that I always try first with is topical. What's going on in the news today that would be relevant to their show, relevant to my book, and I can contribute something new. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pitch how I can, you know, I'm going to go off the rails in one sense, in the sense that what I pitch is going to be something new, something that nobody else is talking about in this particular case. And, you know, for example, there was something dramatic that happened just uh, last night. We're, we're taping on a Tuesday, a NFL football game, and a guy, exactly. you know, they, actually, they actually shut down the game. Now, mm-hmm. that's really amazing that a major sports event would do that. They actually postponed the game because this guy literally you know, almost died on the field. Now, there's a story there if you have something to contribute, because uh, that's going to be talked about, at least in the sports world, for at least in that, you know, until the Super Bowl. And you know, it's a really sad thing, but there's ways that you can talk about it that will contribute something that may help people under those situations to survive something like that, what that happened to that football player. So one of the things, now, I don't have a book that relates to that, so, you know, obviously I'm not going to pitch it, but, you know, if I had a book on health and nutrition or something, I might. Now, I'm not going to do it in a a crass commercial way. I'm going to say, look, here are some things you can do to prevent that kind of thing from happening to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if you're writing about medical issues or nutrition or things like that, there's a chance that there's a pitch there for you because, gosh, I mean, one of the first things I thought of besides praying for the guy was mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, what would happen to me under a situation like that? I get a, a you know, a, a heavy bump or you know, get into a car accident. I mean, there's many, many ways where we could experience something very similar. And there's ways to make a difference so that you don't get into that situation. And so I think there are going to be people, probably not in the next few days, but possibly in the next few weeks, they're going to want to talk about how do you prevent something like this. Well, not only that, they're, they're, that dominoes in so many directions. Like I have some of my clients, my personal clients, uh, coach football in high school. right? So what we're referring to is just the horrible accident with the Buffalo Bills and um, Damar Hamlin. I mean, I watched, I saw the video um, and going on, but just a, a, a protection injuries, um, what to do. I mean, there's so many domino ways that you could reach out if you have expertise in healthcare, emergency medicine, if you have, uh, you know, a parent, you know, a lot of us are parents in relationships of, of how, what to well, do. You, said, you, have, you know, you have clients that are coaches. Yep, absolutely. You know, and, and there's all that. And then, of course, there's the whole business angle you know, NFL, they can't, they can't prevent all injuries, but somehow as a responsible business, they have to do better than what they've been doing. There's no question. And then the other thing that that goes out 
Um, we can we can hop over from sports, but let's talk about the whole leadership issue. I had this same discussion on my Friday morning coaching call that I do at 7 a.m. with a group. And I have two people who are in the leadership field that, that write about, speak on leadership. And I said, if you are not taking this George Santos thing and and coattailing it on the of what a leader is not, you know, I will personally fly in and bop you on the head. <laughs> I would be all over that. Yes, and, and it's you know, it's it seems like Santos isn't going to go away on its own. So it's going to be in the news for quite a while. So it's not like you've missed the boat. And, you know, I, I think people are going to talk about Santos for at least the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, I think so, too. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things. Well, the whole leadership stuff is, you know, from, and, and remote leadership. I mean, the domino factor. Uh, but there's so much you can do. And, and what John... Kramer is saying at your fingertips in your news streams, you've got information that you can catapult with your unique tweak, with your expertise, and possibly get some exposure from. And we're, and we're telling you to do it. And, and that's part of it. You know, so that's my first pitch to like, especially major media, because they want somebody new, they want a new angle, they want something fresh. And so you can't assume that they're going to go, oh, well, we don't want you on because you're just a new author. What they want is something new. So, you know, you could even pitch yourself as somebody new uh, talking about leadership or whatever it might be. They're hungry for guests. I mean, the very evidence that they're hungry for guests is how many bad guests they have on. Oh, yes. Oh, 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 that's so yes. You know, my best experience with that newsjacking, I was a regular on CNBC for many, 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 many weeks with the Monica Lewinsky Linda Tripp thing because of women undermining women. And I I really ran with that and how to use that on that. All right. We have one more segment with John Kramer and we're talking about pitching and we're going to get into some very quick tips in this last 12 minutes after this next break on what you can do to move forward this year. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy 
build your brand and platform and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is John Kramer. Again, I'll give you his website one more time. Book marketing, I-N-G, bookmarketingbestsellers.com. Um, John, let me ask you about it. Does, saying that you've had a bestseller help sell books? Not in the way that most people are saying they had a bestseller. Okay. You know, the, the old thing about Amazon bestseller you know, when you're in a sub, sub, sub category and you've sold five books and you claim to be a bestseller, most people, you know, in the industry at least, don't believe it. And I suspect that most readers don't either. I, I think that it's been oversold. And, you know, I'd be happy to say I'm a, you know, New York Times bestseller or USA Today bestseller because those are printed. Those are things that are uh, put out there and, you know, that's uh, measurable, but, you know, to be, you know, number seven in a list of sub-subcategory on Amazon, um, you know, for some, you know, for five minutes, you know, or even a day isn't significant. It, it really doesn't make a difference. Now, if you find out that you've sold a thousand books because of what you did on Amazon, that's worth touting. But, you know, to tout, you know, having sold 10 books and most bestsellers that I see being promoted, you know, Amazon bestseller, I doubt they sold more than five or 10 books. Well, I am thrilled to tell you that I have a bestseller program and every one of my people not only have multiple, multiple deals, but um, they sell a lot of books. Not only, do, not only do they get a th- a th- like four or five thousand downloads, 
But the unli- here's what's interesting. All of a sudden, I've got one client that's made $21,000 from unlimited on, on um, from doing this stuff, from unlimited on Amazon. And that um, what we've found that when we do our campaigns, which are never less than three days, where we own Amazon, maybe in 10 categories, across the board, we see the movement and it dominoes and and it creates the buzz. We're after, our strategy is to build buzz, get the word out about the book and then build the buzz and then come in with a a, a subsequent campaign to buy the print. And that's the key. It's the follow-up, you know, hitting something on Amazon and not following up at all really doesn't do you any good. You have to do the follow-up. You have to have a plan. You have to have a campaign that, you know, you're following through and you're building on the momentum that you create. Then it makes a difference, and that's what you're talking about with your program. Yes, exactly. And and that's really what, you know, what we're after um, in doing that um, to make it, it's, it's building influence. I, yeah. I asked. Yeah, go ahead. Can I say that? Well, you, you know, it's one of the things that makes you so valuable to your clients is that you're offering them uh, an entire perspective. You're not copycatting somebody else's bestseller campaign and, no. you know, not doing any follow up, not creating a real campaign, things like that. And that's where having a mentor that helps you uh, yeah. through the whole program really can make a difference. Yeah, it's work. There is no question it's work. And then what you're going to do with it. Um, and, 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 and here's my little little uh, inside secret. When you do get Amazon bestseller, guess what you can do? And Amazon doesn't have a hissy fit at all. You can go in if, on your POD version, your print version, and you can change your book cover and put their bestseller medallion on now for marketing. All of a sudden, when your book shows up, the cover, thumbnail, and it's got the gold number one bestseller on Amazon, that has some clout to it. Right. And and that makes a difference. And, you know, but the real clout, you know, the things that I've seen where people have actually sold a lot of books on Amazon is that they keep promoting. They keep following through. They keep sending people to, you know, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. that they can maintain the sales momentum that they've created in the first place. Uh, that's exactly right. So the problem is, in most of these things, is they just they they don't they they don't do the follow up. And now we're going back to marketing plans. Um, that it's creating a plan. So maybe John, what I would I want you you mentioned a, a website. I want to. Let's, let's tell people about it. The Meat Cocker, M-E-E-T-C-O-P-P-E-R.com. Tell people about it. And then I'd like to do, in our, our last few minutes, let's kind of put together a mini marketing plan for the year. How's that? That'd be great. Okay. Uh, meat Copper is something that I just happened to run across. And it's a, right now it's an Apple app and a website, but the website is sort of minimal. It's really designed to be an app for people, readers, to discover writers that they might want to read. And it's a way, it's a platform for authors and readers to transform the way that we connect around books. 
And it's new. It's just being launched. Uh, they plan to do a Windows app and a, and a uh, online uh, website as well that really creates the possibilities for you to really connect with authors uh, and readers. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, the neat thing about it, it's new, so you're going to have to help them promote. But the second thing is they're new, so you can get in. <laughs> you know, to get in on the, on the beginning of a social media platform can be a goldmine for anybody. You know, yeah. So, you know, so, this, uh, this one, meetcopper.com, offers that possibility. Now, it may just bust. I don't know yet. But I like it, especially for fiction authors, because that seems to be their, their key focus. Well, and fiction authors, I think, are the authors that hate to market the most. If I was going to do that, nonfiction people realize, okay, this is, and, and they're thinking, speaking and stuff like that also with going through it. But all right, so meetcopper.com is designed for Apple right now. Is that correct? For, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, so, but if you have an iPhone, then you can download it to your iPhone. Is that correct? Would I have that right? Yes iPhone okay. or iPad. All right. So there you go. So you know what? And here's the other thing. When you get in on something in the early stages, um, your name is up and above. And if you're active in it or supporting and become, um, you know, a, a king or a queen pin, um, that there's likely to have come back with cross support for you on other things when you have new things. So Early early responders often get the worm. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I need to make maybe maybe I make a, a poster on that. I'm writing this down. Early responders. All right, John. Let's talk about a plan real quick. Well, the key thing with the uh, any kind of marketing plan is that you're doing something every day for the books. You know, the book you want to promote, and you're not you're planning for beyond the pub date. Because what you do after publication date is probably more important than what you do before pub date. I may I know I might be uh, a heretic here, but I think that I you know I've always told people you should think of of any book you love that you devote three years to marketing it. Thank you. For, <laughs> you know I believe that. Um, which also includes your, you should have another book going on before that right. three years is up. But, oh, yes. you know, they're synced. There's a synergy going. And here. the main thing is, it's, you know, your first book helps to sell your second book and your second book yes. helps to sell your first book. Yes. So, yes, uh, devoting three years to marketing your book doesn't mean you're not doing other things during that three years, like writing more books. Uh, creating a, a platform on your website or through social media that gets you out to more people. You become a podcaster, whatever it might be, or you might become a podcast uh, guest, uh, you know, a professional guest <laughs> on podcasts. Uh, and it's surprising how every little podcast you do and your guest or radio show or so on, they all build up. They all build momentum for you. And so that's one reason that, you know, after your pub date, you don't stop. You keep going. You keep promoting. You do something every day for your book. 
uh, in terms of creating relationships, getting interviews, uh, doing interviews, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so I want you to know that during the show, I have uh, downloaded Meet Copper onto my iPhone. So, <laughs> okay, so every day, I think this is so important what John just said. Every day, do something. Now, it, not, it may not be a big thing, may not be a big thing, but it's something to push out. All right. And then, all right, three years. Each, each book deserves at least three years of your attention. How do you like that? All right. What else should we be doing in our in our planning? Um, to me, you know, I think that, you know, you have to get plan for what kind of distribution you're going to be getting. Now, for most of uh, self-published authors, you're probably publishing through Ingram Spark and you get a minimal amount of distribution on your own. So you have to push uh, the people, the, the audience, the readers to go into bookstores and wherever they buy books and buy your book, ask for it, and so on and so forth. I mean, in my even my local library, they respond. My wife asks for book, them to buy books all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they respond. And in many cases, they buy. Uh, for my wife, she can't read that well now, so she does mainly audio books. So she asked them, can you do buy this audio? Because I want to listen to it. All right. So with, yeah, with that said, because we're at our tail end here, so I want to thank you. But I'm going to tell everyone, one of the strategies I think you should do is this year is let's do the love, let's do a love the library thing. And all your fans and friends, ask them to call their local libraries and reserve a copy of your book when it's back in. That is it. John, thank you so much. <laughs> There. Thank you, Judith. All right, everyone. We'll see you next year and next week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bra.